episode of the Championship Roundtable podcast. I'm your host, James Vickers. You can reach us on the show on Twitter, at Championship Pod. And you can also follow me on my personal Twitter account, which is at underscore James Vickers. Hello, I'm Louis Shackshaft. You can find me on Twitter at Louis Shackshaft or visit my website, louisshackshaft.com, where I regularly post new blogs and articles. And you can also catch all my Sheffield Wednesday statistics on there. Hi, I'm Kevin, editor of Leeds United Mad, uh, Twitter handle Leeds United underscore Mad. Uh, find out all the up-to-date information on Leeds as and when it happens on my site and on Twitter. Yeah, cheers for joining me today, guys. Um, we'll start with the games from this weekend first. Uh, obviously, the the only game on Friday night saw Wolves go to Cardiff and win 1-0, which um, sort of after the game took more of the headlines, which we'll get onto sort of later on. Um, but to move into yesterday, Barnsley sort of quite surprisingly beat Sheffield United 3-2. Norwich beat Aston Villa 3-1. Birmingham and Burton drew one all. Brentford beat Ipswich 1-0. Derby beat Bolton 3-0. Hull, who now look to be steering clear of the relegation zone, won 4-0 at home against QPR. Leeds, unfortunately for you, Kev, uh, drew one all with Sunderland. <laughs> Middlesbrough won 2-0 against Forest. Millwall continued their fantastic run that they've been on and beat Bristol City 2-0. Reading beat Preston 1-0, which was uh, quite annoying considering I made the trip down. And Sheffield Wednesday, unfortunately for you, Louis, got beat 1-0 by Fulham. Um, we'll start with you first, Louis. Is there any games in particular that stand out for you? Um, sort of surprising results, good wins, anything like that? Yeah, there's quite a lot, actually. It was obviously pretty much a full fixture list and... Um... It's a, the biggest surprise, to be honest, except for Bolton, was actually that all the bottom seven teams gained points, which is something what's not happened for a hell of a long time, I'm guessing, in this league, because such as Sunderland and your Boltons, Burtons, have, haven't been picking up any points at all recently. Um, I mean, the biggest and the probably best win, I believe, was, was Barnsley's victory against um, Sheffield United, winning 3-2, especially going 2-1 down at one point also. Um, they showed some fighting spirit, played some good football at times, and with everyone else gaining points, I think Barnsley's victory was absolutely huge for them at this stage of the season. And I'm going to mention also Reading, unfortunately for you, uh, James, but beating Preston 1-0 with all the other teams gaining points, they had to obviously take all three as well and, and, and like I mentioned, Bolton were the only team what, what lost at the weekend, losing 3-0 to Derby so they've really come into the relegation race if they weren't already in it, you know um, so yeah, there's, there's a few surprising results, I'm going to s- stick my neck out and say Barnsley's was the best victory but even Sunderland getting a point at Leeds I mean I think Sunderland are doomed anyway uh, but that was quite a surprise that they even managed to get a point there um, Norwich were impressive beating Villa that was a bit of a surprise also so there's quite a few games I could pick out uh, Murphy's goal for Norwich was absolutely out of this world so if you've not seen that check that one out um, and then another another huge win was obviously like you've mentioned, James, already, but Wolves' victory against Cardiff um, the previous night, was that's pretty much guaranteed them promotion, you would expect, if they weren't already going up. Um, so, yeah, my, my biggest surprise, to be honest, I think I'm going to go with uh, Norwich beating Villa 3-1, but the biggest win for the team, or, or any team, I, I think Barnsley's 3-2 win over Sheffield United. 
Yeah, I completely agree with you uh, on those ones. I think, obviously, it's no surprise anymore, but Millwall uh, sort of comfortably winning against Bristol City is another one there that stands out. But, you know, over the last sort of two or three months, they've been on this fantastic run, and I think that's 15 games unbeaten now, which, you know, always seems to be the case that after Christmas, there's a team that comes out of nowhere and puts in a late run for the playoffs, and it looks to be Millwall this season, which, you know, obviously for Preston is quite unfortunate. Yeah. Um, are there any uh, in particular for you, Kev, that, that stick out or any that you'd sort of want to talk about? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously we they were well covered there. I mean, most of the results, uh, I agree with you there. Um, you know, um, uh, Millwall, obviously, like you just said there, do stick out because they're very annoyingly good at the moment. Um, I think they've matched their longest sort of second tier unbeaten run of 15 games, which was set back in 1971. So they're on an amazing run. To say they didn't have an away victory going into the new year, and they seem to be winning most of their away games as well. But to beat Bristol City were definitely out of sorts. And after a great start to the season for them and knocking Man United out of the League Cup as well, the, the, the season's sort of dwindling away a little bit, I think. And unless they win the last sort of few games, they're going to miss out on, on the playoffs, which is unfortunate for them because they've been quite an attractive team to watch this season. But yeah, I mean, I'd go for the Millwall, maybe the standout, because nothing much was expected of them really when they got promoted. They, they were sort of um, in the betting to sort of stick, just maybe be in the relegation spot. So to avoid all that and still have a sniff, I mean, five games to go and they're only a point behind, behind Middlesbrough, three behind um, Derby. They're, they're in a great position to maybe you know, jump into those player positions because uh, there was a bit of a wobble yesterday by Villa, but I think they might have done enough already to cement a place in the uh, playoffs. Fulham definitely, they're, they're eyeing that second spot at the moment, but Millwall for me was probably the win of the day really because um, uh, they, they keep going on, like I say, and another goal for our old boy Steve Morrison, so well done Steve. Yeah, I completely agree. Obviously, as I mentioned with Millwall, fantastic run. And I know uh, we spoke about them quite a bit on the podcast last week about how they're a team that aren't filled with sort of any particular sort of star names, but what they are is a team that will work together and sort of similar to how Preston have been this season. Obviously, we've tailed off in recent weeks, but there's no sort of standout sort of superstar player in the team. It's It's a team very much sort of all bought into the manager's philosophy and, you know, you only have to look at their results over the last sort of two or three months to see how well that's working for them. Obviously, you mentioned, Kev, without an away win up until sort of the Christmas period, but they really seem to have now sort of found their feet in the division. And, you know, I don't think any of us at the start of the season would have been talking about them, you know, coming into the last sort of five or six games as the one of the form teams in the division looking like they are going to sort of push into the playoffs. So, you know, that's credit to how well they've done. Um, sort of another sort of result that I wanted to pick out. Obviously, um be interesting to get your thoughts on it, Louis, was obviously the Fulham Sheffield Wednesday game. Mm-hmm. Obviously Preston played there on Good Friday and, you know, it's always a difficult place to go regardless of sort of the season you've been having. Were they sort of deserving of the win and do you expect them to to catch up to Cardiff? Obviously been two points behind them, but Cardiff do have that game in hand. Yeah, they were, you know, um sometimes you've just got to hold your hands up and say the best team won and um, Fulham deserved to take all three points and if it weren't for our goalkeeper you know it could have been three or four nil if I'm honest so you know there's there's no you just simply, sometimes can't grumble and can't moan about the result because the best team did win on the day and 
you know, they showed just that extra class. And if I'm honest, I've, I've been looking at Fulham's fixtures and other than Millwall away that they've got to play, you would expect them to win every game that they've got left. And I really now can see, I mean, even a couple of weeks ago, I could probably see Fulham catching Cardiff. Because um, is it an 18-game unbeaten run now or something like that? Um, which is which is crazy in this league, to be honest. That's that just alone shows how much quality they have got. Um, so yeah, they, they deserved all three points. And if I'm honest, I really can see Fulham overtaking Cardiff with probably a couple of games to go and, and finishing in that second spot. If I'm honest, yeah, I completely agree. I think they've been you know fantastic since sort of the turn of the year. Really, I know sort of after a couple of months of the season. Obviously, Sheffield Wednesday and Fulham were in sort of similar situations, sort of in the lower half mid-table. So, you know, they didn't get off to a fantastic start, same as the likes of, of Wolves and Cardiff. So it just shows how well they have played over the second half of the season to, you know, catch them up. And if they uh, do sort of finish in the playoffs, I think you can't really look past them as been the team to beat in the playoffs. Um to go over to, to the Leeds game quickly, Andy, obviously down in 13th now, did you expect sort of the season to tail off as, as much as it has done or, or were you sort of firmly in the belief that you did have the squad in place to challenge for the playoffs this season? No, I, d- I didn't really believe we had this squad because we lost so many good championship players, premiership players, if you like, Premier League players at the start of the season, including a decent coach. It was always going to take a while for the new coach to sort of bed in and... and um, fit the new players in so even though we got off to a fantastic start and we were at the top of the league after beating Birmingham for you know 2-0 um, back in September uh, it was a false position really and it's proven to be that case now I mean most supporters would have thought a top 10 finish maybe and, and maybe uh, move on next season because you know we're, there were so many changes including the new ownership of the club as well yesterday's game yeah if someone had played like that all season they, they wouldn't There'd be no chance of them getting um, relegated, but obviously the fight for the lives at the bottom of the league. I think I don't know about the Wednesday game. It sounded like they were a bit unlucky not to get something from it, even though they lost three-one. But they beat Derby four-one, put in a good uh, performance yesterday. We hit the woodwork obviously a few times. So did they a couple of times to be fair. But when you look at the team, they've got a good team with O'Shea at the back there, Catamore, his usual self in midfield. And McGeady, one of the best players on the park yesterday, I thought. Fletcher up front, you know, he flops at Middlesbrough and Man U, but he's and West Ham, but he's um, obviously looking for uh, to to get himself back into some sort of form for next season, whatever club he may be at. So we've got a decent team, but um, it really it's a, it's a game we should have put to bed fairly early, really, because uh, we they didn't really seem to have any ideas in the sort of first few minutes, uh, first sort of twenty minutes or so. And um, we should have took, if it had took our chances, got an early goal, it would have been three or four, I think, in the end. But fair play to them; they made a they made a good um, fight of it. But I think they're doomed now for League One uh, next season. And I've got to say a big shout out to Pablo Hernandez, who's been our best player this season. I think really was is absolutely fantastic yesterday. And if you look at his stats, he's averaged more chances created per game than any other championship player in the division, which is immense for a team that's sort of mid-table. And that's, you know, players including uh, Rob Snodgrass, um, Madison at Norwich, 
um, Gallagher at Preston as well. He, he's up there. Freeman at QPR. So t- to achieve that sort of uh, those sort of stats in a t- in a team that's sort of mid table and looking to sort of p- uh, the season's going to peter out a little bit. I know he's after a new contract as well, but hopefully he'll be given a new contract and won't be nabbed away by anybody else. That includes uh, Mr. Monk at uh, Birmingham. Obviously, we'll be sniffing around him. Yeah, I completely agree with what you said there. I think, you know, same with Preston. I don't think Leeds are too far off a couple of additions in the summer, and I expect you to be sort of challenging up there uh, sort of come this time next season. Um, just to touch on the Preston game sort of quickly, it was uh, another disappointing defeat sort of for us. Obviously, Reading played fantastically well and did deserve the three points, but what's sort of been disappointing the last few games with us against the likes of Sheffield Wednesday, Derby and Reading is the fact that we've We've had a lot of the ball, we're just not creating anything, which, you know, is a little bit worrying. Obviously, there's no chance of us going down, we're, we're safe. But, you know, to let the season for the third year in a row after sort of chasing the playoffs for the majority of the season, to let it peter out in sort of the, the manner it has done, is you know, does leave a sour taste. But, you know, at the start of the season when Alex Neal did, sort of take over and Simon Grayson left on the first day of pre-season. I don't think many Preston fans would have predicted that we would have had sort of the season we have done. So obviously disappointed that it looks like we'll probably just fall short of the playoffs again. But, you know, we've we've come on leaps and bounds this year and, you know, I can't be too disheartened. And, you know, hopefully we can kick on in the summer, spend the, the money that we got for Jordan Hugill and, you know, look to, to add a little bit more quality in the final third. Um, but to go sort of back to Cardiff um, for a moment, obviously the defeat on Friday night against Wolves, probably the last five minutes of the game. Uh, I don't think you'll find a more entertaining five minutes sort of of any game across the weekend. Um, obviously the two penalties missed, one saved and then one hits the crossbar. And obviously Neil Warnock at the end of the game refusing the handshake with uh, the Wolves boss uh, after the final whistle. Um, wanted to get your thoughts on it first, Louis. Obviously, we talk about Fulham catching Cardiff, and I think that's more so for the fact that the role Fulham have been on. Obviously, Cardiff have only lost two games in the whole of 2018. Was that the first sign, though, on Friday night, sort of in your opinion, that Neil Warnock started to feel the pressure a little bit? Um, or is it just simply the fact that he was frustrated at missing those two injury time penalties? Uh, neither, really, if I'm honest. I really don't think that Cardiff were in any under any pressure or Warnock's under any pressure whatsoever. The second in the league, and if anything, they probably should be somewhere between 14th and 15th based on people's expectations. So even though, yes, they're they're running for promotion, um, I don't think Warnock is under any pressure. Um, Like you've just mentioned, though, with them missing two penalties in the, in the last couple of minutes. <laughs> Obviously, what what a way to lose, and they should have certainly been gaining a point in that game. Um, and, and the way that they lost, obviously, you know, it, it was just one of those scenarios where Santo was so jubilant and obviously ran onto the pitch and, you know, Warnock was swearing at him. And I, I don't think that's Warnock under pressure. I just I just believe that's Warnock's personality. So... I could see, obviously, both sides of the story. You know, I believe Warnock, to an extent, was right in saying he should have shaken his hand before running onto the pitch, which I believe Santo will um, 
learn from based you know, uh, I think in, he, in he acknowledged that didn't he, after the game to be fair he did acknowledge he, yeah he did acknowledge yeah. that and I think he learned from it so you're quite right there Kev um, yeah. but I think it's the, 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 the way that Wolves won the game I think yeah. it just like, like I mentioned the winning scenario that they just effectively saved two penalties it just emotions got the best of him and he sure. ran onto the pitch yeah. and celebrated so I think you know it's, it's something and nothing it was probably more, made into something more than it, it really was um, and like I say, Santa will learn from that. But at the same time, Warner can't be too critical because he's, you know, he's one of the most controversial managers that there's been. So, um, yeah, I don't think he's under so much pressure. If even if Cardiff finish in the playoffs this season, you know, they've still reached a level where their expectations weren't weren't to get there. So, you know, there's there's no pressure at all on him or, or the club. I don't believe. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah, the same question to you, Kev. What were your sort of opinions on it? And do you think that Cardiff, obviously, only losing two games in all of 2018 is a fantastic effort? Do you think that they will finish above Fulham, or do you expect that race to go right down to the wire? Yeah, right. So, obviously, we've got experience of Warnock. Um, I think we're the only club, really, where he hasn't been that successful at, really, which is typical, really, I suppose. But, um yeah, he didn't. He went from us. Uh, had a little spell out of the club and um, out of the game, should I say? And went to Rotherham for a while. Did a great job in keeping them up in the championship. Something went wrong there with his contract, and he got offered the Cardiff job. And he's he's been absolutely amazing. Was he named the manager of the year? So in some sort of uh, category, was it the EFL awards or something? I think he might have got an award somewhere this season where he's actually been. Nominate or named as the manager of the year, which is fair enough. He's done an amazing job with um, not a lot of money, I suppose, a lot of journeymen there. But his next four games, at the next five games, he's got four away games, which are tough, at Villa, Norwich, Derby and Hull. And I think, you know, I think Fulham are going to pinch that second spot because they've got the momentum now. They're on an amazing run, like uh, Louis mentioned earlier, 18 games unbeaten which is better than what Wolves and Cardiff have achieved this season. And I think this is the season where form will just get it absolutely right. They won't be messing about with playoffs and will get automatic. And uh, I can see Cardiff just slipping out. And obviously we all know what the playoffs are like. The best teams don't always get through the playoffs. Uh, Fulham can judge that for everybody from last season. Um so I think, yeah, I think Cardiff may have to settle for playoffs and Mr Warnock will be even more upset, I think, then as well. Because I think that's what he was upset about on Friday, that you know, they should have got a point with those two penalties. And he was really aggrieved that they didn't. Uh, you could say the same about Sheffield United early, early in the week when he got a, um, a last-minute or injury time equaliser. He looked quite happy then going onto the pitch and celebrating with um, his staff. So, yeah, he's a controversial figure, Mr Warnock, but he's the sort of guy that you'd want on your side, I suppose. Um, but I, I've got a feeling that he's got to have to settle for uh, the lottery of uh, the playoffs this season. 
Yeah, you mentioned there about him, you know, being nominated or, or even winning the sort of the manager of the season award. Obviously, earlier this week they uh, announced player of the month uh, for this month. So the nominees had been Maguire for Preston, who had been fantastic up until the last three games where our goals have dried up. Mitrovic at Fulham, Hutchinson at Millwall, and Bamford for Middlesbrough. Obviously, Mitrovic <laughs> came out with the sort of the award. I just wanted to get your two thoughts on. In your opinions, were they the right four for this month that have been nominated? And then secondly, is it Mitrovic that you think was deserving of the award? Obviously, he's won it. But in your opinion, was was that the right decision? Um, start with you first on it, Louis. Yeah, I think obviously all the nominations, you know, they're, they're all quite rightly deserve to be nominated and any one of them could have won it. But I can't disagree uh, with the decision that was finally made in, in Mitrovic, I, I believe he scored nine goals in ten starts, and and a chunk of that obviously was um, the previous month. So yeah, quite rightly so. Mitrovic has just been outstanding since he's come to Fulham um, in January. Um, I expect Fulham to probably place a bid for him in the summer, whatever happens in terms of Fulham this season. Uh, because Newcastle are obviously doing quite well in the Premier League now. Um, so, yeah, I can't disagree with you know the overall nomination of Mitrovic winning the award. He's really given them that added quality up front, and obviously they were on a push anyway up to January. But since then, he's, he's like I say, he's just scoring for fun at the minute. And, and like you mentioned earlier, we to beat Sheffield Wednesday 1-0, and, and he managed to score again, so... He's obviously settled into uh, championship football and, and life at Fulham, and it's working really well for him. So, so fair play and a quite worthy winner, I believe. Yeah, I think definitely uh, Mitrovic was the right choice. Uh, sort of, as, as a Preston fan, obviously you want to see your players win these awards, but you know Maguire, as good as he had been, I think Mitrovic had been that that little bit better. Um, he seems, since he's come into Fulham, to really sort of added that final piece of the jigsaw to them. They were sort of a good team on, on a decent run, but he's come in and, you know, taken them forward that uh, that extra step. And, you know, I was chatting to, uh, to Russ, who comes on the podcast um, earlier in the week, and he was saying that, you know, there's, there's some games, like the Sheffield Wednesday game, where at times, sort of earlier in the season, you know, while they were still playing good football, they were missing that sort of, striker's instinct up front of someone who put the ball away so you only have to look at the result yesterday uh, you know he, he pops up with a goal with about 20 minutes or so to go and you know next the them back to London with him um, in your opinion Kev are they the right four that were nominated and would it have been Mitrovic sort of in your view that, that would have won it yeah I mean they always go for the not obvious sort of players I suppose but the ones that are in really informed for teams that are doing fairly well so you can't ignore um, the names that were picked. Uh, Mitrovic, yeah, it's obviously the obvious choice. Uh, he's tra- sort of transformed form since he joined in January. He's the uh, striker they've been looking for for two seasons, really. I mean, Chris Martin is a decent striker, but he doesn't get the goals that he, uh, he expects his centre-forward to get on a regular basis. Uh, Louis hit a good point there that he is a good championship striker but um, is he a good Premier League striker that's a big question if they do get promoted will they really want him to lead the line next season or will they look elsewhere and say thank you Newcastle you've done us a favour there you can have him back now so yeah he's a a good championship striker but he's got to prove it in the top league and 
his disciplinary problems in the Premier League uh, is a situation they probably look at as well. But he's been awesome. I mean, we we saw you know uh, on Tuesday night against us like what a good striker he was. He, he he was good at defending as well. So he does get around the park. But I think he's really enjoying his football at the moment. It's obviously. He's, I think he's the same nationality as the as the uh, as the coach there. So obviously the bond really well together, and obviously the, he knows how to look after him. Um, so he is playing for the coach, like as well, I suppose. And um, like any player, if if you're getting the love from your coach, then obviously you put on the performance on the park, and that's what Fulham are finding out at the moment. And like I say, I think they're on the way to a top two finish with Mitrovic uh, firing on on all cylinders. Yeah, to go from player of the month to obviously the, the shortlist for young player of the year came out the other day for the division and the three nominees that have been nominated at the moment. So you've got Ryan Sessignon from Fulham, James Madden, Madison from Norwich and Ruben Neves from Wolves. Um, so similar question uh, as the, the player of the month one. Out of these three, who do you expect to win the award? Um, and secondly, is there any other young players, maybe for sort of our clubs or sort of anyone around the division that you think was unlucky to miss out? Uh, we'll start with you first on it, Louis. No, to be honest, you mentioned in other clubs, etc. I think these three have been, like you mentioned, I know it's the Young Player of the Year award, but these three have been outstanding. And, and if I'm honest, I think they've all been just as good as each other. Like Neves has been instrumental in, field for, in midfield for Wolves and quite rightly so the top of the league because obviously they've got that better quality player and and Neves is certainly one of them um you know but I can't distinguish really between Sessignon and Madison that they've both been sublime this season they've both scored 14 goals also um so yeah they've really stepped up and you know I expect them to both go on to bigger and better things and if it's not next season you know the season after I'm sure they'll be in the Premier League, whether it's with Fulham or, or you know another club, another club comes chasing after them, and you know for a big transfer fee. Um, but if I'm honest, if if I had to choose a player, I've, I've looked into it. I mean Neves, I know he plays central midfield. He's he scored five goals, uh, one assist, and he's 21. Madison, 14 goals, eight assists. He's 21. Uh, but Sessignon stands out for me. I mean he's an absolutely fantastic player, future star. Uh, 14 goals uh, goals also, six assists. But the reason he gets it for me is simply his age. He's four years younger than Madison and Nevers. He's only 17. So for that reason alone, I think they've all been as good as each other. But Sessignon, yeah, he pips it just based on him being a 17-year-old because what he's achieving at that age, I know he's 18 in May, so next month, but at his age with the goals and the contribution that he's had to Fulham's success this season is is just unbelievable. So I believe, like I've just mentioned, if he's not in the Premier League with Fulham next season, you know, he could be sold for £35, £40 million pound plus potentially with him being so young. So for me, you've got to give it to Sessignon. Yeah, I completely agree with the point you made on Sessignon there. Someone so young to have done it you know, consistently over the last sort of 18 months or so, you know, it's a fantastic sort of achievement for him. And out of the three, probably be the one that I go for. Um, obviously, Ruben Neves at Wolves until sort of the release of shortlist. It's quite easy to forget, actually, how young he is. He's been instrumental in that, that Wolves midfield. And, you know, for a young foreign player coming over to the championship, you know, it's never easy. And he's he's really sort of stepped up and delivered for them. And, 
you know, they are a team full of sort of superstar players in this sort of division. And, you know, for him to stand out at such a young age and, and be nominated for, for that award, obviously he got the goal as well against Cardiff on Friday night. He's absolutely fantastic. And, you know, I think there's quite a lot of Premier League teams that would be, you know, looking for that kind of player um, come next season. So I think even if Wolves do go up, they'll, uh, they'll be sort of, lucky to keep hold of some of the sort of the star players that they've had this season you know some of the bigger clubs will, will come sniffing I think but yeah definitely for me it'd be Sessegnon um, you know I don't need to sort of say any more really Louis hit the nail on the head with him but for someone so young to have done how well he has done this season you know he's, he's brilliant for him um, James Madison sort of the other nominee I think he, you know, as good of a season as, as he's had, I think Norwich's position in the league will probably be sort of his undoing in terms of winning the award. The other two, obviously, uh, are first and third in the league. So, you know, it, it makes it seem like then they've had more of an impact. Um, in your view, Kev, uh, are these the right three that have been nominated and, and who would take the trophy home if it was up to you? Yeah, I think they've been a bit short on nominations this season, to be honest with you. Um, they're the three best, obviously, but like I say, Sessegnon, sort of, um, it's like he's the one that uh, probably um, deserves it more than the other two because of his age, really, I suppose. He's not he's not 18 until next May. And um, he was included, I think, in the 442 uh, magazine um, list as one of the best 100 best teenagers in the world list. So for, uh, for a young guy to be achieving that status is, is, a, is amazing, really. I know he marked his 50th appearance by form when he got that great hat-trick in that 5-4 win at Sheffield United. Amazing um, achievement, really. I think he became the first... 17-year-old to score a hat-trick in the top four tiers of English football. And the last guy to do it was Deli Ali in 2014. So he's, he's in a good company there, if you like. But, yeah, that's another good reason why Fulham need to get promoted, I suppose, in a way, because they won't be able to keep hold of him if they get another season in the Championship. I think Spurs have been sniffing around already. Um, obviously, all the big checkbooks are coming out now for the guy. So I think it's... It's paramount that uh, Fulham get promoted, so they have a chance of offering him a good deal for for the uh, a season in the Premier League. Because otherwise, they will lose him. But the other two nominees are, are excellent as well. But I think Sessegnon does sort of stick out because of his age, really, and what he's achieved. He's, I know he wears the number three shirt, but he's not he's not a left back as we know it. He's you know he, he can play any anywhere down that left side really, and he's he's, he's a fantastic winger. And he, he once again we sort of. First hand, what a good player he was on Tuesday against Leeds. He was yeah, Stuart Dallas was a, a temporary fullback, if you like, and he was sort of getting mesmerised by the young lad on a number of occasions, and he was unlucky maybe not to score as well. But yeah, uh, I think a worthy choice and a, a worthy winner if he, if he, get, he manages to get it, and um, it'd be great to see what sort of career he has in the future, and hopefully he'll be with England as well. Yeah, I completely agree with with what you said there as well, Kev, uh, in terms of Sessegnon and, you know, hopefully sort of for Fulham's sake they can keep hold of him, but I think definitely, you know, the likes of Tottenham who've already been rumoured to be interested all sort of come in for him and, you know, sort of the last attacking left-back really that Tottenham had just look up, look to see what he's gone on to achieve in the game and, you know, if Sessegnon could have sort of half the success that, that Bale's had 
uh, Tottenham and Madrid and sort of do it in an England shirt as well. You know, I'd be more than happy. Um, but just quickly to touch um, on the, the playoff race, obviously you mentioned earlier at the start, Louis, that it's the first time sort of for a while that the bottom seven have all picked up points. You know, most of them were, were playing against teams who were either in the playoffs or chasing the playoffs. And over the last few weeks, I know especially Preston and Bristol City have dropped off. The only team really that looks like they want to get in the playoffs at the moment is Millwall. Is there sort of a reason why you think the sort of the chasing pack keeps stumbling um, and no one can really seem to put a run together, obviously, with the exception of Millwall? The only thing I can think of, if I'm honest, is um, such as Bristol City and, and Sheffield United down to Brentford and Preston who probably won't get there now that every game each week you know fixture by fixture it's just so tough in this league it is really difficult to put a run together of of winning three or even four in a row Um, and I know Millwall are doing it so I'm kind of contradicting myself but because they're all as good as each other I think that's why they've kind of hit a stumbling block and you know they're probably losing to teams who, who they shouldn't be but then picking up points you know against teams who, who you know above them and you know it's it's a strange one really that it's that there's only Millwall who've hit the form really and they're going on this unbeaten run and the seventh at the minute and, and could probably you know pit Middlesbrough or Derby to fifth and sixth spot so if I'm honest like I say I think it's just that they're all as good as each other uh, and on the day you know weekend by weekend you know it's just it's a bit of a lottery, you know, win, lose or draw. And I think that's the only reason really, other than like we say, Millwall just flying at the moment. And if they do get into fifth or sixth spot, they quite rightly deserve to be there. Yeah. And the same to you, Kev, is there sort of an underlying reason? Obviously Leeds were in and around the playoffs for sort of a good chunk of the season and sort of slowly dropped off. Is there anything you saw with Leeds that you can sort of compare to the rest of the teams sort of chasing the playoffs or, do you think, as it is, as, as Louis said, that, you know, there's that much quality in the division and, you know, teams are sort of quite level, I'd say, across the division with the exception of sort of the top three uh, and then probably yeah. the bottom three. Do you think it's just a case of everyone being able to beat everyone? I think so. There's a lot to be said about that. We were only five points of the uh, playoffs when um, Christensen got sacked and Heckingbottom came in. So we were... Still sniffing around, but it goes to show you we've only won twice in 2018, which is ridiculous, really. But and we were only nine points off the playoffs the other week, which goes to show if we if we'd have got three or four victories in that time, we'd be we'd have been in the playoffs. That's how ridiculous it is, really, this season. I mean, aside maybe from the top four teams, the last two positions are up for grabs or have been up for grabs for a number of weeks. Uh, I don't think there's massive pressure on Millwall, to be fair. I don't think Millwall fans were expecting them to be going for a, a, a playoff push this season. So I think they've been off the radar a lot. Uh, Bristol City have spent a lot of money and maybe they were expected to, to do better, maybe even the top two, and they petered off a little bit. Same, same with Sheffield United. A promoted team's not expected to get promoted again in the following season, not when they go from League One to Championship, but they're, they're not far away from it. And maybe Chris Wilder thinks this is a great opportunity to do it this season because next season maybe we'll get sussed out a bit more and we won't have a, a, a good a season. So maybe that they've lost or missed out on an opportunity there unless results go their way over the last next five games. So I think, yeah, I mean, I think the playoffs have been up for grabs this season, um, to be fair. 
because none of the relegated sides uh, have done that well overall um, from the Premier League last season. I mean, some are going straight down to, to League One. Uh, Hull have struggled all season, even though they've got a couple of good results recently. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a difficult, uh, one of the most difficult leagues to get out of. But whereas uh, the problem is that, yeah, most, most teams are similar and beat each other. Obviously, most teams have failings as well, which is why they're getting beaten. So you get a good squad and a, a good team ethic, then you've got a great chance of getting promoted. And that's what teams need to maybe look at, including us next season. Yeah, completely agree. I think, you know, seeing it sort of first-hand as a Preston fan that, you know, how we've tailed off, um, completely agree with what you said there, Kev. Um, but to sort of quickly touch on the the games, obviously there's more midweek games this week, which I completely forgot about until I was sort of prepping <laughs> for today's episode, which, you know, says it all really in terms of how Preston season has uh, petered out. But obviously, um, we'll go to you first, Louis. Obviously, Preston and Leeds play each other, so I'd imagine me and Kev will have some things to say sort mm-hmm. of after you've sort of previewed the Sheffield Wednesday game. Um, you've got a trip down to QPR where Preston actually go on, on Saturday in six days' time. What are your expectations for the game and how do you see it going and what would be your prediction for a score? Oh, you know what? It's a funny one because it's it's at that stage of the season where you'd expect both QPR and Sheffield Wednesday now. There's There's not... In terms of the league, there's not too much to play for other than putting in a performance. Um, obviously, we want to go there and, and win and take the victory. That'd be nice. Um, but looking at looking into QPR, you know, Luke Freeman and Matt Smith, they've both had decent seasons. They've got loads of assists between them, 20 in total, actually. Um, and it's interesting because QPR have got actually the highest shots per game on average um, in the league. Um, sorry, the second highest shots per game in the league with 14 on average, but that also tells me that when they get taking these shots, they're, they're not too clinical. Uh, but we're both we're both 15th and 16th in the league, so we're next to each other. And for that reason alone, if I'm honest, I'm going to predict, predict, predict a draw. I'm going to say it's going to be 1-1. Like I say, I think both teams at this stage of the season would be quite happy uh, picking up a point. You know, we're going down to QPR um, away from home, coming back with a point wouldn't be the worst case scenario, um, and I believe QPR would probably feel exactly the same way. Just keep us obviously eight, nine, ten points above that relegation zone, and and hopefully the end of the season will come, you know, quick and fast for both teams, and everything's just focused on next season now. So yeah, I'm just going to predict a, a, a score draw for this one. Yeah, and to go on to the, the Preston-Leeds game, Kevin, I'll let you start. Mm. How how do you see the game going? What would be your sort of thoughts about the game? And what would be your score prediction if you were to, to sort of go with one? Yeah, I mean, I know ever since Preston beat Sunderland away from home, and we've had the international break, obviously they haven't won a game in those three sort of league fixtures. So... Uh, but then again, we haven't been that much better, really, over that period of time. I know we beat Bolton on, on Easter Friday, but other than that, we've sort of struggled to get results. So you can't see more than a draw, really, on, on Tuesday night. But uh, I'm hoping that, obviously, we're struggling a bit with the suspension. Brady got sent off for the sixth time in a lead shirt over the last four years on Saturday. So we're going to be missing him now until the new season because he's been 
sent off uh, a couple of times this season, so that that doesn't bode well for his disciplinary situation. But we've got other injuries as well, so I, I may be uh, looking at a, a draw, really, James. To be honest with you, because um, Preston might be quite happy with a draw at the moment. At least it stops their rut of defeats, but. Um, Obviously, I expect Leeds to win all their games, but having said that, they've only done it twice this year, so it's going to be a, a tall task, really, to get any victories between now and the end of the season. But, yeah, I'm, I'm looking them to, to sort of pick up a little bit and maybe um, get some sort of result, whether it's a draw or, or a win on Tuesday night, and maybe Preston will be looking uh, at the same sort of result, I think. Yeah, you know, at the moment, I think... I'd be back. Well, you're never happy with a draw, but I'd take a draw at the moment just with sort of how how badly we've been playing over the last sort of couple of games, and you know we need to sort of quickly turn it around and get back to winning ways for the last few games of the season. Obviously, I don't expect us to make the playoffs now, but you know you've got to fight until it's mathematically impossible, especially with the sort of the fixtures the teams above us do have. You want to finish as high as possible and. What is quite funny at the moment with us, the two seasons we've been back in the Championship, we've finished 11th both times with Brentford finishing 10th above us. And after <laughs> that defeat yesterday, we dropped to 11th and Brentford have climbed to 10th. So it looks <laughs> at the moment as if it's going to be the third season in a row where we finish 11th with Brentford um, a place ahead of us. So as long as we can finish above them, you know, that's progress. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to say that we'd... Uh, we'd sort of put in a performance that you know the fans are sort of asking for now there was quite a few players yesterday who looked like you know they've already got one eye on sort of their summer holidays and you know look to be winding down which you know is disappointing to see and at the end of the game there was only Alan Brown and Darnell Fisher who actually came over and acknowledged the the traveling fans which you know again is, is quite disappointing so Hopefully we come out, you know, we're in the stage now where there's nothing really to lose. We need to win games and we're not going to go down. So we may as well have a go. And some of the, the players that haven't really got a look in over the last few weeks who, you know, have been lucky not to. Josh Harrop, for example, has been sat on the bench when he's sort of on his day, one of our sort of game changers. Um, so I'd like to see him get like a run out now. Um, you know, Neil can experiment a little bit and, you know, we can see where it takes us come the end of the season. So... Hopefully we win, um, but you know our home form has been pretty sort of average this season, which I think has let us down uh, sort of in the push for the playoffs. I think we've got this third or fourth best away record in the league, which you know speaks volumes for so how average the home form's been. So hopefully we can uh, put on a performance and get a win. But I agree with you, Kev, that I think you know if I was to put a bet on, um, not that I ever bet on Preston because I've learned that the hard way, <laughs> but I think. Definitely a draw would be sort of what I'd go for at the moment. Probably a score draw because we don't look like we can keep a clean sheet at the moment as well. So maybe a one-all or a, a two-all. Um, but either way, you know, hopefully we can get back to, I say, winning ways as long as we can stop the defeat. So I'll be happy. Um, but with that, we're at a time. If you two want to let everyone know where they can find you and any sort of projects that you're involved in, that would be a good time. So my name's Louis Shackshaft. You can find me on Twitter, just my name, uh, which is at Louis Shackshaft. Same for my website, visit louisshackshaft.com. All my articles, blogs, um, Sheffield Wednesday statistics are on there, so you can catch those out if you're a Wednesday fan. Um, also, um, you may have seen it. It has been retweeted from the Championship Pod Twitter feed. 
Um, but I've done a blog uh, based on why the Skybet Championship is the best league in the world in terms of a competitive nature, so you can check that one out also. Uh, Kevin, yeah, um, Leeds United Mad website. Uh, Twitter handle is uh, Leeds United underscore Mad. And if you've enjoyed this championship iPod, then obviously the awards are coming up soon to um, select the best iPod around. Uh, just maybe vote for us in the FPA's uh, championship iPod category um, and have a look at it and maybe uh, select it. Yeah, you beat me to mentioning it there, Kev. Um, my pin tweet on Twitter at the moment, and we'll keep sharing it on the, the championship podcast twitter account which is at championship pod you know definitely uh, drop a vote for us it takes a minute if that uh, if you do enjoy the show and it's always good to get sort of feedback on the show as well of how we can improve it um and if you want to follow me on my personal twitter account which is at underscore james vickers um feel free as well i mainly tweet about preston north end uh, football in general and quite a lot of bundesliga as well so if you're interested in any of those definitely give me a follow um cheers for joining me today guys it's, uh, it's always a pleasure to have you two on. Hopefully the next time we're on, you know, we sort of our teams have had a bit better results. Um, <laughs> but good luck for the rest of the season and uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>